Hello and welcome to this month's Campfire Story episode. I'm your host, Nick, and this month we are going to hear a story from the deserts of southwestern Utah near the town of Springdale. This story tells of the hardy folk who find beauty in the desert and call Utah their home. This is Coyote Clan by Terry Tempest Williams. When traveling to southern Utah for the first time, it is fair to ask if the red rocks were cut, would they bleed? And when traveling to Utah's desert for the second or third time, it is fair to assume that they do, that the blood of the rocks gives life to the country. And then after having made enough pilgrimages to the slick rock to warrant sufficient separation for society's oughts and shoulds, look again for the novice you once were, who asked if sandstone bleeds. Pull out your pocket knife, open the blade, and run it across your burnished arm. If you draw blood, you are human. If you draw wet sand that dries quickly, then you will know you have become a part of the desert. Not until then can you claim ownership. This is Coyote's Country, a landscape of imagination where nothing is as it appears. The buttes, mezzas, and red rock spires beckon you to see them as something other, a cathedral, a tabletop, bear's ear, or nuns. Windows and arches ask you to recall what is no longer there, to taste the wind for the sandstone it carries. These astonishing formations invite a new mythology for desert goers, one that acknowledges the power of story and ritual, yet lies within the integrity of our own cultures. The stories rooted in experience become beads to trade. It is the story, always the story, that precedes and follows the journey. Just when you believe in your own sense of place, plan on getting lost. It's not your fault. Blame it on Coyote. The terror of the country you thought you knew bears gifts of humanity. The landscape that makes you vulnerable also makes you strong. This is the bedrock of southern Utah's beauty. Its chameleon nature according to light and weather and season encourages us to make peace with our own contradictory nature. The trickster quality of the canyons is the Coyote's cachet. When the Navajo speak of Coyote, they do so hesitantly looking over their shoulders, checking the time of the year so they won't be heard. They know his stories are told only after the first frost and never after the last thaw. Their culture has been informed by Coyote. He is profane and sacred, a bumbler and a hero. He straddles the canyon walls with wild oats in his belly, and they know him by name, Ma'i, the one never to be taken for granted. They understand his fickle nature, how he seduces fools into believing their own myths, that they matter to the life of the desert. Coyote knows we do not matter. He knows rocks care nothing for those who wander through them. Yet he also knows that those same individuals who care for the rocks will find openings, large openings, that become passageways into the unseen world, where music is heard through dove's wings and wisdom is gleaned from the tales of lizards. Coyote is nearby but always remains hidden. He is an ally because he cares enough to stay wary. He teaches us how to survive. It is Coyote who wanders naked in the desert and leaves his skin on highway, allowing us to believe he is dead. He knows sunburned flesh is better than a tanned hide, that days spent in the desert are days soaking up strength. He can retrieve his coat and fluff up his fur after a wild day in the wilderness and meet any man, woman, or child on the streets of Moab and seduce them for dinner. Coyote knows it is the proportion of days spent in wilderness that counts in urban savvy. Coyote's howl about the canyon says the desert may not depend on his life, but his life depends on the desert. We would do well to listen. The canyons of southern Utah are giving birth to a coyote clan. Hundreds, maybe even thousands of individuals who are quietly subversive on behalf of the land. And they are infiltrating our neighborhoods in the most respectable ways, with their long bushy tails tucked discreetly inside their pants or beneath their skirts. 
Members of the clan are not easily identified, but there are clues. You can see it in their eyes. They are joyful and they are fierce. They can cry louder and laugh harder than anyone on the planet, and they have enormous range. The Coyote Clan is a ruckus bunch. They have drunk from desert potholes and belched forth toads. They'll tell stories with such ferocity that you'll swear you've been in the presence of a preacher. The Coyote Clan is also serene. They can flow on their back down the length of any river or lose entire afternoons in the contemplation of a stone. Members of the clan court risk and will dance on slick rock as flash floods erode the ground beneath their feet. It doesn't matter. They understand the earth recreates itself day after day. The place now called Zion National Park has been home to vibrant stories of both natural and cultural history for thousands of years. The towering cliffs, hardy wildlife, and diverse peoples of this place offer narratives which still inspire us today. Established November 19, 1919, Zion has been a protected landmark for over 100 years. The unique geography and variety of life zones allow for plant and animal diversity. Human habitation of the area has been dated to have begun in the area around 8,000 years ago by small family groups of Native Americans. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of Campfire Stories. Next month, we will visit Yosemite National Park. The show's music is by Asylum Music and Media Works. Visit Heading North at headingnorthpodcast.com or find the show on social media by searching at Heading North Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. To support the show, visit headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash support or follow the show and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.